0: Praise Jesus. I love his word. Anybody else just love God's word? I just love it. I tell you, I love his word so much, sometimes it's just tough to, tough to study. Does that make sense? I don't know. I mean, I get ready, and I want to share a word, and I, by the time I'm finished, it's like, what? You know, I got 20 pages of notes and thoughts, and then I just have to, okay, God, what of it? There are days like these days that the season kind of dictates what you're going to share. I shared a lot about um, Palm Sunday last week when we started talking about the kingdom of heaven. In the series, what's it all about? What's it all about? I'm going to tell you, people don't know what it's about. Just so you know, they don't know what it's about. There are people that think they know what it's about and have come up with conclusions about what it's about. Everybody doesn't know what it's about. Uh, it's, I mean, we got a lo- we got a lot of people that know everything that really know nothing, and wow, yeah, write that down and quote Rick Hocker. No, don't. I just uh, and and God God wants to heal your thoughts. So uh, I want to talk to you today. Continue. Last week we talked about the kingdom of heaven. Get this: it is all about the kingdom of heaven. It's all about the kingdom of heaven. Uh, I, I want you to understand that there's this these principles. I did I did I share this this week. Just hang on to that slide for a moment and let me just go on and on. Uh, last week we talked. I talked a little bit about. I think it might have been Wednesday. I talked about this. But let not your heart be troubled. You believe God. Believe also in me and my Father's house, or many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you myself. That where I am, there you may be also. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Anybody love that? Anybody hold on to that? That one day he is going to take us away to be with him. And God has prepared a place. But that's not all. That's not all. And because if you remember, uh, there's this question that comes up right after that. Lord, uh, question, question. Uh, Jesus, since we're talking about this, we don't know the way and we don't know how to get there. You know. And uh, the Lord says, if you love me. If you follow my words, he says, my father and I will come and live inside of you. And this is the promise of the Holy Spirit. So here's the deal. Here, here's the deal. Kingdom of heaven. There's a pla- we have a place in heaven, but we also have a place right here. So while we're here, the kingdom of heaven is in us. He made a place for us here. And then one day we're all going to be there. So whether we're there or here, anybody grateful for that? We're a part of the kingdom of heaven. Say, one day I'm going to go to heaven. I know, but heaven already came to me. Did anybody receive that? So if you haven't yet just experienced Holy Spirit, if you haven't welcome the Holy Spirit in your life. You say, I don't know about all the Holy Spirit. It's just just stop. Stop coming up. All your religious preconceived notions about Holy Spirit coming to your life, just quit, okay? And say, welcome, Holy Spirit. Just go ahead and try. Say, welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome. welcome, Holy Spirit. And do that daily. Begin to let Him speak to you and through you and use you and give you wisdom and guidance. How many have ever just not known whether you should turn to the left or the right? Anybody ever been there before? Let Holy Spirit come in. Now, He will speak to you and he will lead you, but that's the kingdom of heaven inside of you. Your spiritual beings and the Holy Spirit is inside of you. What's it all about? It's about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is our King, right? And uh, that's what we recognize him about. So, uh, recognize him. As. So, I, I want to continue in that discussion of what it's all about, and I and I want to I want to pose a question to you: Do you know who Jesus is? Do you know who Jesus is? What is it all about? It, what is it all about? It's about knowing who Jesus is. Not knowing who Jesus is is a problem. It's a serious problem. It's a problem in our culture. I uh, I, want to, I want you to take a look at some scripture here with me. This is Matthew 21 and 10. Uh, but I tell you what, just go ahead. and Yeah, we'll start right back. Yeah, go on, go on, go to that next one. Matthew 21 and one, just so we can get the story. Um, And and this is you got to be careful now, if you remember, I don't believe that we're necessarily biblically uh, illiterate, but I do believe that we are often contextually illiterate Uh, to the point that we memorize scriptures and Bible stories, but we have no idea what the context of them is. And we have no idea how it applies or what was really going on here. Uh, you should read. I, I think I told you last Sunday. You should sit down and read the entire Gospel of Matthew tonight. Amen. Really. And stop uh, allowing the enemy to tell you, man, that's a lot of Bible to read. It's not even a short story. Okay? I mean, that's a lot of chapters. Stop letting the chapters scare you. Just Read it all and watch the way the Gospel of Matthew flows, all right? If, if you're new in faith, especially, you should have already read the Gospel of John because it is, a, it is relational, but the synoptic Gospels are so powerful, right? Anybody agree? They're so powerful. The synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, right? And you can, you can compare these Gospels they're very, very story driven, you know, and you hear and sometimes you say, well, doesn't that contradict with the other one? How, here, here's, here's a place where people sometimes see them contradict. Like in Matthew, the, the word of God says that uh, Jesus was placed on the cross and there were thieves. And the Bible says that the thieves also ridiculed him. But then there's another gospel that says one of the thieves turned and said, Lord. Uh, I believe that you are who you say you are. Remember me when you come to your kingdom. People say that's a contradiction. No, 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 it's not a contradiction. What it is is a reality that before somebody repented and asked for salvation, first of all, they ridiculed him. Yes. Anybody ever done that before? Anybody ever ridiculed the Lord? Come on, anybody ever lived a life that was... So, so read the Gospels. Walk through them. And then when you have questions, don't be afraid of them and begin to celebrate the context, the, the story, the feeling. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, you don't know my story. Anybody ever heard that before? Anybody ever heard that? Uh, I, was, I, was, uh, I wasn't picking on, I was celebrating Welfa today at uh, first service. Anybody ever heard Welfa uh, at church before she stands right here in the middle on occasion, She'll go, Jesus! Right? She, I think she's out of the room. I'm talking about her. about her. Okay, that's okay. Tell her I said this. And I said, I was talking about her as a great worshiper. This uninhibited worship, and I was celebrating that. And she said, "When I made that comment, she said, 'Well, they don't know my story.' Amen. Yes. Amen. Right? Amen. You don't know her story. We don't know. We don't always know the story. We should know one another's stories, right? As family, we should do that. But if we know any story, we ought to know the story of the Lord Jesus. So just read the whole gospel and send me a note. Maybe I'll give you something like a at a boy or at a girl. Okay, I don't know." Uh, I'll just give you the blessing of the challenge. Uh and your lack of listen, your lack of loving God's word is detrimental to your health and your family health. Am I right? It's like no exercise. You know, no exercise. That's how we're... Just eating fried chicken every day. I mean, sooner or later that's gonna catch up with you. Why am I preaching like this? So, so this story, I want you to see the context of it as I teach this. All right. So uh if you know this first part of it, Jesus uh is uh, he, he's come out of Bethany, and he's Bethany. Everybody knows where Bethany is? Everybody knows? How many have heard of Bethany before? Not just the name Bethany. I'm saying Bethany, the place where Lazarus and Mary and Martha lived, okay? The place where Lazarus had been raised from the dead. So he's coming back from that area. Anybody remember what happened at, with Lazarus? Tell me. He rose from the dead. How many think if somebody raised from the dead, it would shake the world up? Anybody believe that? Especially if there was a crowd. Let's just say there was a crowd about this big, and somebody died, and we raised them from the dead. And we knew they were dead. In fact, they'd been laying here on the floor for four days, okay? And then came in, said, rise, and they walked around. How many think the word would get out to the news media? Anybody believe that? So then the news media was everybody's big mouth, okay? And everybody was telling the story. So he's coming back now. He's from Bethany. He's at the Mount of Olives. We are, at this point, uh, moving towards the Passover. Uh, And it's uh, what we would know was Sunday. And on Friday, Jesus is going to die. So we're five days away from the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus. And Jesus told his disciples, I want you to go in the village. And you're going to find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anybody asks you... Uh, just say the Lord needs them and and he will send them at once so I love that anybody love the stewardship concept right now just say it the Lord needs it just say it go ahead and say the Lord needs it the Lord needs it alright so uh, uh, and I'm thinking okay Jesus is telling me to go into this yard and untie a couple of animals and just walk off with them and if anybody comes out and says what are you doing then just tell them the Lord needs them okay I'd be saying, uh, please, Jesus, uh, rethink this. Give me a just write it on a piece of paper or something, because I don't want to get arrested. Okay, but these these disciples are in a different place with Jesus at this moment. They believe that he is the king and they just obey him. And listen, just because you don't understand this, I want you to I want you to know that Jesus knows who belongs to him. And he, and listen, when He knows that you belong to Him, He also knows that everything that you have belongs to Him. Now, I'm not taking an offering right now. If you want to give more, help yourself. All right. But everything you have belongs to Jesus. Everything. And when the Lord has need of it, right? Right? When the Lord has need of it, you make sure that it's in the right place. And it's not just your money. It's your gifts, your talents, your abilities, right? Uh, your car, your house, your land, your dog, your cat, I don't need your cat. I don't, I don't need your dog or your cat. But you understand what I'm saying, uh, that they did this. And, and this is a beautiful moment. Uh, and then the Bible says, in verse 5, he says, I'm doing this to fulfill. This is, this is going to happen. In fact, uh, uh, Matthew writes, this took place to fulfill. And I want you to get this. It wasn't that they said, well, we got to do this to fulfill it. No, what Matthew is saying, here's the context. This action fulfilled another prophecy that proved that Jesus is the Messiah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, it, it, the prophet of uh, Zechariah, behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. So that was part of the prophetic reality. It wasn't that everybody wasn't getting it at the time. It wasn't like the disciples goes, cha-ching, now we know who he is. No, they already knew that he was the king. And then in verse 6, uh, the Bible says they, they brought the donkey and the colt. They put, them on, they, they put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. So they have a handmade saddle, right? They just take off their outer garments and just throw them on him, on, on, the, on the fold, so that Jesus is going to ride it into town. And then uh, as he does, the, uh, as they are coming into town, the Bible says that the people... Uh, began to talk about it and they, 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 they saw him coming in. The crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting. Uh, well, let me back up. Uh, most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road so that the animal could walk over it. Okay? They paved a way for Jesus to come into their city. And then they, they, they took palm branches and waved them at Jesus and they shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So this is a, this is a kingly statement. Hosanna, the Lord saves. This is a, save, a savior, one who saves. Hosanna to our savior, the king. Hosanna in the highest. We, we, the, nobody saves like he saves. Yeah. You like context? Anybody enjoying this? And then uh, the Bible says, uh, and when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up. The whole city. So we have a portion of the city. And now remember, this is Passover. So everybody is coming to Jerusalem. Everybody. This is their three feasts that people are required to come back to the temple. There are three feasts. And of these three feasts, this is one of them. This is the big bad one. Everybody comes for Passover. And as you're coming to Passover... You come early so that you can select the lamb that's going to be sacrificed for your sins. Hosanna in the highest. Are you with me on this? But the crowd was stirred up saying, who is this? And the crowd said, the crowds said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. The crowd, say it, the crowds, the crowds, the culture, the community, all right? Uh, how many know we get really politically correct sometimes? Anybody know that? And and I, look, I'm not into just saying things to make people mad. That's not what I'm saying. Some people just come up and say things just to make people angry. That's not what I'm saying. We need to follow peace with one another. And there's some things that you say that it's very difficult to talk about Jesus after you've said it. All right? Did I say that okay right now? All right? Nobody wants me to say that. I say whatever I want to say back to me. Okay. All right. I'll just win people for Jesus then. Okay? And, okay. So... Uh sarcasm is thick in this room. I love this. All right. So spirit of sarcasm. Hallelujah. So the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from uh, Nazareth from Galilee. So you can see that there's some difficulties uh, going on. So uh anybody ever been to my house before? Anybody been in my backyard before? Anybody? Alright. How many know that uh I may not be the best at it, but my favorite dive, if you've ever seen me go off of a platform, my favorite dive is once I get in position. No, I never do that. I never do that. My favorite dive is to start about 20 feet back and run with all I got, bounce off the diving board, and then do a cannonball. There ain't no better dive than a cannonball. Can I get an amen from somebody? I know some of you say, no, I love the those. No, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I'm fine. But it just kind of, you know, I think if there was an Olympic cannonball competition that everybody would watch it. Can I get a yes from somebody? Come on, we need a petition. That's what we need a petition to start a cannonball competition. People from all over the world uh, jumping off of a high dive. Let's put that baby about 50 feet in the air and look, come on and see who can make the biggest splash. You know, those people sitting around on the edge, just sitting there drinking the Coca Cola's or in my yard. And, uh, and, and, and I just got to get them involved in some things that they weren't necessarily... Because a surprise cannonball is the best kind of a cannonball. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? Does anybody know what I'm talking about right now? So, so here's, what, here's what I'm telling you. Jesus cannonballed into Jerusalem. I know he seemed, he's coming humbly... this donkey but it was a cannonball because there are all kinds of people in this city there is a mess going on in this city there are different types of folk in the city this is Palm Sunday we're talking like the atmosphere of a Super Bowl or I'll tell you here's an atmosphere It's a weird atmosphere I was in one day on November the 8th 2016 I remember that day I was in a Mexican restaurant in Los Angeles California and uh, you can imagine I was there visiting the family and we were eating. It was later in the evening. We had left the studio and we had come there because we were hungry. And the TVs were on all over the room and people were glued to the TVs. And on November 8, 2016, Donald Trump became the president of the United States. I was in a very peculiar place. You, nobody knows what I'm talking about unless you're contextually accurate right now. I was in California. Come on. And, and if you know our pres- some of our president's positions, I was in a place where I'm thinking there might have been a few people who didn't vote for him. All right? And I don't know if you figured this out or not. I'm a gringo. I don't know if you knew that. All right? So, I don't know. I'm trying to be as Spanish as I possibly can. I've, I'm working on Gloria a Dios. Dios es bueno. Si lo es. I mean, but, but at that particular moment, I was just praying, Jesus, I hope I'm okay. Because I'm also in L.A. I'm in downtown Los Angeles. Everything was cool, but you just wanted... Anybody ever been in a situation where you thought it wasn't going to take a match to cause the dynamite to go off? Maybe just a little spark? You know, I mean, it was a time. It didn't matter who you voted for. It doesn't matter whether you're Democrat, Republican, or Independent. It would not have been a good time to jump up and say something at that moment. And I noticed that in the room, everybody was being quiet. Nobody was saying anything. I thought I would hear some screams or yells, but nobody was really saying anything that day. So I thought, You know, that's kind of weird. I was kind of, I don't know, maybe inside of me there was a little something that was hoping maybe something will happen in this room and I can preach about it one day. (laughs) Uh, Not necessarily. But uh, this moment is a billion times more impacting than that particular moment. This, this moment is strange. We're talking about Jerusalem that is being controlled by Rome. They are under the Roman Empire. We got Pontius Pilate who has made his way to Jerusalem. He doesn't stay in Jerusalem all the time. That's not his deal. He has a nice place up north that he hangs out. Probably up by Caesarea Philippi is where he's hanging out. But he comes in for the big feast because they want to show a Roman presence. And he is the governor. And still, uh, Herod may be the king. But you know who's running the city? Caiaphas is running the city. Caiaphas, who is the chief priest, and he's trying to manage things. He is in charge of the law. I mean, Caiaphas can take care of things. He's got his own guard, right? And then he's a bit in cahoots with the, with Pilate. But Pilate, is, his charge is to keep peace and to make sure nothing riotous takes place. So since this is Passover and the city is going to swell about three or four times its normal population, Pilate and his boys are in the house. And they are going to promote Roman law. Now there's something else that's taking place here as well. Uh, And uh, that is that Lazarus has been raised from the dead and everybody knows about it. So uh, we have these people that are coming to the feast. John chapter 11 says... The past, this kind of gives you more of the flavor. The Passover the Jews was at hand, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. So there are things that need to be done. That means they got to do some ceremonial washing. They were looking for Jesus and saying to one another as they stood at the temple, What do you think? That, that he will not come to the feast at all? And the chief priests and the Pharisees, however, had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know so that they might arrest him. Do you see the charged climate? So you got people who love him. They see him as as the king. you got other individuals uh, who are saying, we hope he shows up so that we can kill him. Uh, so when Jesus comes in uh, to the city, there is this type of environment. So the selection has been... Uh, uh, of of, uh, of of the the lamb that is going to be sacrificed has been going on, and as we follow the gospel of Matthew, there is some moments in the backstory that 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 help us to understand what Jesus is accomplishing as he comes into Jerusalem, what he is doing. You have to go all the way back to Matthew. Chapter 16 and verse 13. And this is a story where Jesus and his disciples have went to the most pagan place possible. They went to Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea Philippi is full of idols. It is, uh, it is a, it's just a, a bad place to be. Good Jews don't go there and hang out. They actually consider it a place called the gates of hell. They believe that there were actually demons that came up and down out of the earth at this particular location. So Jesus takes his disciples and he parks his disciples there and has a little Bible study. Sometimes the environment of the Bible study will change everything. And he looks at his disciples and he says, hey guys, who do you say that I am? And some, some of them say this, some say you're John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. What are they thinking, okay? Can you feel like this uh, kind of a supernatural mystic kind of a thing? Because I, I know you may not believe it or not, but you live in a culture that is weird, Okay, I mean, you can drive down the road and Miss Gina can put up a sign and you'll dial her number so she can tell you your truth. And some of you actually believe like in reincarnation. Like, listen, God doesn't have to reincarnate Elijah or John the Baptist. It's like John the Baptist's head got cut off and suddenly Jesus is John the Baptist. What are they saying? I mean, they're just confused. They're struggling. Who are you? And they keep saying, well, some say you might be one of the prophets. Wrong, wrong, eh, eh, wrong answer. But Jesus says, I'm not asking you what people are saying. I want to know, who do you say that I am? And Peter jumps up, kind of like a spokesman, and he says, Thou art the Christ. You are the Christ. Say it. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Christ the Son of the living God. And Jesus stands up and looks and says, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. You are a little rock. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell. Where are they? They're in Caesarea Philippi. The gates of hell. All this mysticism, all this will not prevail against it. Now, who are we? We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that is built upon the rock Christ Jesus. Amen? That's who we are. We are the church of the Lord Jesus built upon the rock Christ Jesus. Now, this is so important. I, I don't know if you get this, if you embrace this or not. Somebody say Christ. Christ. So, Christ. Christos. That's the Greek word. Christos, the Hebrew word uh, uh, that, that we use is Mashiach, uh, Messiah. Okay, that's where we get the word Messiah. So we have the word, uh, we have the word Christ and the word Christ or Messiah is, is the anointed one of God. Now you might say the anointed one. I've been anointed, people put oil on me all the time. What you need to understand about this, the anointing is this, is that in Israel, if you were going to be a king, they didn't put a crown on your head. They didn't. No, if you were going to be a king, they had this special anointing that God had set apart. So if you were going to be a king and it was time for your coronation, then you would bow and the prophet of the Lord would come and pour anointing on top of your head. It was the anointing that separated you, not Your crown. Anybody hear what I'm saying? And the anointing just totally made the difference. So the concept was this: now, occasionally a prophet might be anointed, but here's the concept that the anointing comes from God. So God says, "I'm going to raise up one who is the anointed." Anybody receive that? The anointed. Of the Lord. Now this goes way back. It goes back to Genesis 49 and 10. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he comes to whom it belongs and the obedience of the nations is his. So there is one who's coming. Anybody remember that he is King of Kings and that he is Lord of Lords? Anybody remember that the angels announced Jesus at his birth that the government will be upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace? For years, for centuries, they were looking for. For the anointed one, the one to whom every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is the Lord. Jesus, the Christ, is Lord. Jesus, the anointed one. This is, this is powerful this is, this is awesome truth. So Jesus is the son of David. We saw in Zechariah chapter 9 in verse 9 we saw that uh, he, fits, uh, he fits the prophetic analysis. He'll come in riding on this donkey and uh, and, and, and he, but he is coming and he is telling everybody to shout. So they are the, the people are gathering around Jesus and they are declaring him to be. The king, the anointed one. Somebody praise God. He is what? He is the anointed one. And then uh, and if you look in Luke chapter 23, you are also reminded that it was his kingship that was at question. The reason that he is going to be crucified is out of this accusation. They began to accuse him saying... We found this man misleading our nation, forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar and saying that he himself is Christ as the king. Now, we just jumped right over the tax evasion. By the way, April 15th is Monday. And I uh, thought I'd bring that up. All right. So and uh, he, he uh, pilot jumps right over that. And he says this. So Pilate asked him saying, are you the king of the Jews? Because we'll deal with you another way. If it's just the tax issue, he says, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered and said, it is as you say. So Pilate said, are you the kingdom, a kingdom of Jews? Can I give you a, a, a great interpretation of that answer? Yes! That's what he's saying. Are you the king of the Jews? What's he say? Yes! yes! So, so the Passover is upon them. And, and, and this, this is what this weekend is about. And here we are at church this morning. And the question that is being asked of Jesus and to his disciples is this. Who do you say that I am? So Jesus rides into Jerusalem and he rides into Jerusalem to ask a question. The same question that he had asked his disciples. They leave Caesarea Philippi. They head into Jerusalem and he cannonballs into this city. And he says to everybody in that messed up town, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Because when he dies on the cross, you are not saved unless you know who Jesus is. But if you say that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the Lord, then I have good news for you. His blood removes all of your sins and you're saved by grace through him. But everybody doesn't understand this. People don't understand it. Uh, if, you, if you look at the scripture, when Jesus comes in, I love that he rides in on a donkey. I love this. I just love this. And we talk sometimes when We say we came in like a king, you know, on a donkey. But we're talking about a different time. Okay? We're talking about a Roman time. So if you want a battle and you had a royal entry into the city, you're going to be in a chariot. You're going to have prisoners of war behind you. You might have the king who you conquered's head on a stick, you know, just walking in, just showing off, wearing your really nice stuff. You got your sword in the air. Everybody, you know, they're all around you. But Jesus doesn't. But it's almost like he mocks Every other conqueror who has ever walked into Jerusalem. And I tell you, I've been to Jerusalem. I, they still have gates where you can see the bullet holes all over the gates. For all of the people that have tried to fight and take over this particular city. But when Jesus walked in, he didn't, he didn't throw a spear. He didn't swing a sword. He just comes in and he says... Call me what you say I am. And they shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is the Messiah, the King, the anointed one who comes in the name of the Lord. No king, no soldier, no general has ever marched into a city with greater victory than our Lord, yeah. Savior, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So he comes in, rides on the donkey. Everybody's shouting, Children are screaming, and Jesus gets off the donkey after he rides for a while, and he goes straight to the temple. Because people are going to the temple. It was lamb selection day, right? People are selecting lambs. He goes into the temple. Matthew chapter 21 and 10. You keep reading this. So when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, what? Who is this? So you can circle that in your notes. Why is everybody saying, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? Who is this? Uh, man, I want to go to application too fast. Who is this? Jesus, help us answer the question. Somebody shout, who is this? Somebody shout, who is this? So, but then the Bible says, and Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple, overturned the tables of money changers and the seats of those, how many have read this before? Of those who sold the pigeons, uh, the, the poor people's offering, poor people's sacrifice. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple. Anybody see that? Were the blind and the lame allowed in the temple? Jesus is changing things. He is setting up his government. Do you see this? That's why at the Sermon of the Mount, he told people, you say don't commit adultery, but I say don't look at one another with lust. He says you, you say one thing, The, the law says don't murder, and I say don't hate one another and if you have an enemy go ahead and forgive your enemy go ahead and work through things that's what he says Jesus is coming as king he's setting up his kingdom there and now he walks into the temple and he says look not only am I going to change things right now I'm going to invite people that you would not invite in and before it's all over he looks at him and says oh by the way Before too much longer, there will not be one stone sitting upon the other. Because he did not come to dwell in temples made with men's hands. But he came to dwell within men. Jesus. That's too powerful. So, I I love all the story. But I want you to look again at the craziness of the moment. As As I wrap this up, I just want you to see the people I want you to see really four groups of people that the scripture speaks of. One, worshiping children, undecided adults, the hypocritical religious and disciples of Christ. That's the mix. Does that sound like dynamite? Children you can't control and parents that don't know what to do. And and then some hypocritical religious people that just want you to come and reverence them and do what they tell you to do. Whether you know what it is or not, it's all new. Let's stand. Can I get an amen somewhere? Just boom, boom. Just please. Can I just remind you, you don't ever have to shine my shoes or carry my Bible. I'm part of this church. I just happen to be the pastor. You understand? I'm, I'm your brother. You're, you got that? Anybody? In case, I ain't gonna, okay, I'll come to that in a minute. Let me just. First of all, we have worshiping children. Let's just look at that task first. Worshipping children who will not be silenced. Now here it says uh, that the the children are crying out, Hosanna to the son of David. You know why they were crying that out? Crying out, Hosanna to the son of David. You know why? Because they heard somebody say it. It's the same reason they say certain words at your house. (laughs) And you say, don't say that. You say, where did you hear it? And they don't answer that question. And they blame it on a neighbor kid or something like that. Oh, yeah, Billy used to say that all the time. I can't. Well, you're not playing with Billy anymore. You know? Should I just skip that part right there? Just, I, mean, I don't know. I just act like I never said that, okay? I know it's making it uncomfortable. Why did they say Hosanna to the son of David? Why did they say that? Because they heard somebody else saying it. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. See? Say amen. Say it again. Amen. And what does amen mean? Yes. Somebody shout yes. You're in agreement. So they said, Hosanna to the son of David. And they would not stop it. Everybody else was done. But the kids were not finished yet. And here they go on and on and on. Hosanna to the son of David. You know, he's doing stuff now making people mad. He's kicking kicking the tables over in the temple and just doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And the kids are going, yeah, give it to him. Jesus, Hosanna to the son of David. These are like real kids, okay? Okay? None of them are on leashes or anything. I mean they're just they're just free to run. All right? If you remember, Jesus remember Mary and Joseph left Jesus behind one day because that's what kids were doing. Just, Hosanna, do you hear what the kids are saying? And and, and Jesus said Yes. Have you never read out of the mouths of infants and nursing babes? You have perfected praise. Now, get this perfected praise. Some people say they're praising imperfectly. I I get that. But here's what he's saying. What Jesus said, yeah, I heard it and it's perfect. That's what Jesus saying. He said, yes, the pilot, remember. But he's saying right here. Yep, I heard it and it's perfect. Now, here's what else he's saying here. He's saying this. Not only is it perfect for that, because if we can get that into the vocabulary of our children, they will not shut up. They will just keep going. The next thing you know, they will actually begin to believe that Jesus is the promised Messiah, that he is the anointed one. And it will it will hook inside of them. And for the rest of their lives, any, any baby Christians in this room, anybody remember when you were a little kid and you went to class and you started singing, yes, Jesus loves me. And you actually began. And to believe that he loves you. And you started singing all these words. You know, if you're saved, then you know it. Clap your hands. And so you believe when you clap your hands. It's because you're saved. Because you believe all that stuff from when you were a kid. Anybody get what I'm saying? Something you got to understand about kids. And this, I, I do not recommend the study. But, but there's a stages of faith study by a guy named Fowler. And, and in that study... He talks about the stages of faith, and in the stages of faith, he walks it from childhood through teenage years all the way to adulthood. The problem with him is he believes that if you mature well, you will become a universalist. Okay, That's what he believes, that if you mature well, eventually you'll realize that everybody doesn't fit in your faith box, and all of them have good things, Then that's what happens, hopefully. But but we are in agreement on this first phase very strongly, and that is the intuitive projective concept. This is the stage of preschool children in which fantasy and reality often get mixed together. However, during this stage, our most basic ideas about God are usually picked up from our parents and or society. OK, now that's good news or bad news for some people. All right. But uh, uh, just, just so you can understand this, I, I brought this to show you. This is one of our granddaughter's favorite toys. All right. And if, if you recognize it, just shout the name. OK. Any dances? All right. I think we got it for a birthday or something. I don't know, but it was in the floor, and I grabbed it. She's going to be looking for it, too. Uh, fact of the matter is, is, this is what happens sometimes. Avy will come down the hallway, and she'll see me, and she'll go, it's So precious. And I just have to pick her up and say, give me a hug. And she'll give me a hug. And then she'll say, Mimi! In other words... <laughs> I'd really like to get to Mimi. And you are here. And I know the two of you are an item. And this is a path to something much greater. Now, she's just fine. Anytime she's with Mimi, she's fine. But but she also does this, okay? She also does this to Diana on occasion. She'll say, she'll she'll go to her, she'll be hanging out, and then she'll look at Diana, and she'll go, "Melmo!" Melmo! Melmo is... Her, it's the original Hebrew for Elmo. Okay? <laughs> and, and, and you know, so and she wants to see Elmo, and this is an Elmo, she loves to play with Elmo. She loves to see Elmo sing. La, 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 la. She loves all of that. Okay, and, uh, and so I'm wondering. I mean, that's fine. That's fun. But I want her to eventually understand that Elmo is an animated character. OK, you understand what I'm saying? So you know, listen to what I'm telling you. Listen, listen, listen. Uh, the children are declaring that Jesus is the son of David. And that's the truth, that he is the king. All right. So parents. Be careful when your children are young so that you can help them rightly divide the spiritual things that are in our culture. Lest, come on, lest they begin to believe things that are not true. And don't, come on, don't be afraid to teach your preschoolers the truth about who Jesus is. And don't buy into this junk. Well, when they're old enough, they'll make the decision for themselves no baby I am not letting my babies Be discipled by the devil. I'm not gonna let it happen. I'm not gonna let my culture do that because when they're older, I want them to sing the same songs of Zion that they sang when they were two and three and four. Don't mess with me. I'll sing the whole hymn book to you today, and I've known it since I was a child. You cannot yank me out of the kingdom of God because I'm still a baby. Now, there's some things you need to get over as you grow up. you need to you need to get potty trained. If you haven't been, see somebody, okay? <laughs> you need to learn to eat things that you can actually chew up, all right? I think you can eat goldfish forever, uh, but but I, I want you to see. Uh, that this is important in the kingdom of God. Now, the context of Matthew, we're reading this out of Matthew 21, but if you go back to Matthew 19, the disciples need an explanation uh, of uh, who Jesus is. No, not there. Matthew chapter uh, 19, verse 13. The children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked the people. But Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. But this this has been a doctrine that Jesus has taught. If you go back another chapter in Matthew 18 and 1. The disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst, put a child in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Listen, stop making this so complicated. Just accept this truth. Jesus is who he says he is. He is the king. He is the Lord. He is the son of God. He is the sacrifice for my sins. I believe Jesus is the son of God. He is God who came in the flesh, and I've settled that in my heart. What are you doing with your kids? Some of you grew up way too fast and you need to go back and be a child again. You should be people that we cannot shut up rather than people that we're begging to speak up. Say, so how are we going to evangelize the city? How are we going to win our neighbors? How are we going to make a difference in this world when we can get grown-ups to become children again? And just come on, who will worship and will... Hey, how come you're always talking about Jesus? How come you're always listening to that praise music all the time? How come every time I come over your house and we start to eat, you want to pray and things like that? Because it's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It might You might throw out your tradition. It may be, but my tradition is right. Jesus. Jesus, in the morning, in the noon, in the evening, when the sun goes down, it's all about Jesus. Anybody got an idea what you all do with your kids now? Your neighbors? Come on. Anybody understand? I don't have any kids. You got nephews, nieces. You got kids running around the neighborhood. Go ahead. Let them hear you say, Jesus, Hosanna to the son of David. And let them begin to emulate your faith and your celebration. Jeez, that's why when we dedicate children, we give them a CD. And I don't know if anybody uses them. going will have to give them a thumb drive, I guess, in the future. But just of songs that they can play. Mess with me, I'll give you a cassette tape. All right? Anyway, listen. A song, songs that your kids can begin to hear as they go to bed at night. I still, you know, i like 12 years old. But when he goes to bed, parents have got worship music just playing in the background the whole time. Just... Just kind of getting that into their system. Anybody believe like I believe? You say, have your kids read the Bible? No. Read it to them. What? I want them to read it. Come on. All right. Am I all right? Keep preaching, Pastor. Then you got undecided adults who are struggling in their culture. This isn't going to take much longer. He entered into Jerusalem. The whole city was stirred up. Who is this? And the crowds said. So here's the general. How many know there is a general voice in the crowd? There are some things that you all can't talk about because the crowd said you can't. What? The crowds. Here's what the crowd said. Jesus comes in. Everybody shouting Hosanna to the son of David. The crowds should have bought in. But the crowds, that's everybody, not just the people who believed in him. But the crowd said, oh, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Now, here's some context. You know what people said about Galilee or Nazareth? Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. They had a reputation. Jesus couldn't even do any miracles there. All right. Because there was no belief. Nobody had faith. He was amazed. The one thing that amazed Jesus, he comes in. Nobody's getting healed. He just just I can't do anything without faith. Just walked on out of the city, wept. Now, the the, the Bible says that all these people called Jesus a prophet. All right. I want to tell you, things have not changed. Things have not changed. Now, the majority of people in the United States, if you look at Barner Research, say that they believe in Jesus, that he was a real individual. But just that you believe that there was a man named Jesus who died on a cross does not mean that your sins are forgiven, nor that you have connected with heaven and you are a part of the kingdom of heaven. So he is, how many know he's more than a prophet? Anybody know that? This was the same discipleship issue when they were at Caesarea Philippi in Matthew 16. Who do do people say that I am? Some say that you're John the Baptist or Elijah, or maybe you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. No, no, who do you say that I am? Don't just hook in with culture. Come on, let's not talk too much about Jesus. Let's not do that. I I was listening the other day and there was this somebody that was supposed to pray before a congressional something and they kept saying the name Jesus. They just kept praying the name of Jesus and somebody was all upset because they prayed in the name of Jesus. And honestly, just so you know, I have declined appointments where people asked me to go and pray because part of it was this. Make sure that you pray in more of an ecumenical way and be cautious you such names as the name of Jesus listen it ain't even a prayer for me because the only way I can go through the father is in the name of Jesus. I'm not trying to build myself up I'm just saying if it ain't about Jesus if he's just a prophet then I, I know some prophets but I ain't praying in your name I'm praying in the name of Jesus don't be undecided. Don't Come on, don't take who Jesus is and make it your best kept secret. Come on, too many secret agent Christians in the world today already just sneaking around, loving Jesus when it's comfortable. Oh, I believe in Jesus. Somebody dies. Oh yeah, everybody believes in Jesus when they die. I want you to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. Right now. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. What does that mean? Even if they crucify you, don't ever deny his name. If you deny me, I'll have to deny you before my father and his angels. I won't deny him. There's no denying who my Jesus is. And don't, don't put him on the plane. Don't mess with me right now. I'm getting real upset. Okay, don't. don't. You know, you might like your little coexist thing on the back of your bumper and all that. And I understand we all need to get along. We all need to hold hands. we got to work together. Shouldn't be shoving people around, things like that. But I want you to hear what I'm saying. I want you to hear. Anytime somebody takes the cross of Jesus and puts it right next to a crescent moon and... And it, come on. You see what I'm saying? Anytime you take the message of my Lord and Savior Jesus, the King of kings, who died for me, and you equate it with people who, who worship false gods, who believe false doctrines. Come on. You, just so you understand, from a Muslim perspective, when, when Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit coming down, they believed he was talking about Muhammad the prophet. Let me tell you, Muhammad ain't living inside of me, but the Spirit of God is living inside of me. Amen. Everybody receive what I'm telling you today? I want you to Understand. That Gandhi did not know Jesus. So stop quoting him like you think he does. Stop it. Just stop it. I ain't going to like it, unlike it, dislike it. I'm just saying, really? Obviously you need to get to know Jesus just a little bit better. Stop Stop pretending, okay? You know, Buddha is just a Buddha, just a, just a guy that was trying to find a way. There is only one way to heaven, and that way is Jesus Christ. In the same way, you're going to have to go north to get to D.C. If you go to south, you're going to run into the ocean in Florida, okay? It's not going to get you there. There's no other way. Come on, you got to make up your mind that Jesus is who he said he is remember elijah with the prophets of baal in first kings 18 elijah looked at everybody and he said how long are you going to be stuck between two opinions when are you going to make a declaration that he is the only true and living god in john 14 and 6 jesus said i am the way i am the truth and the life no one no one goes to heaven except through in me and now if you read the rest of John 14 you understand that's what he's saying because uh, one disciple said well I don't know the way how do I Jesus said let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me in my Father's house are many mansions and he said I don't know the way Jesus said I am the way I am the truth and then he added this not in fine print no one no one comes to the Father nobody goes to heaven without Jesus oh Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I'm, I'm here. And uh, I'm, I've prepared a place for you. And I've prepared a place inside of you. So if you're here, I'm inside of you. And one day I'm going to come rescue you and I'm going to take you away. Stop arguing about that. When somebody dies who knows Jesus, they already died. They died before the day of death on their, in their obituary. How many know I'm telling you the truth? I die. When I was baptized, that was a celebration of my death to the flesh. Years ago, when people were baptized, in the early church, when they were baptized, they changed their names. Did you know that? They changed their names. That's what people say, what's your Christian name? Anybody ever heard that concept? What's your, what's your Christian name? They changed their name. They were so into, I am not who I used to be, but I am who God has made me. It's a new birth. That's what it is. I'm born again. I belong to Jesus. Jesus. Uh, and then there's a third group. I told you this wouldn't take long, but you didn't believe me. I didn't either. <laughs> the hypocritical religious culture. The hypocritical religious culture. And that's when Jesus entered. I told you about how Jesus entered the, the temple. So he comes in riding on a donkey. Everybody's being impacted by who he is. Okay, who is he? Who is he? Who is he? Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus, who is he? Who is he? And then he gets off the donkey and goes into the temple. Because everybody's going to the temple. Because we've got to get sacrificed. and got to work all this thing out. So he goes into the temple. Starts kicking tables over. People are getting upset about that. And that's, that's when he... Uh, Began to heal people. (laughs) Are you upset about this? (laughs) You know. I don't like the way you're doing things in the building. And uh, remember. The religious people actually got upset with Jesus. When he would heal somebody on the Sabbath day. (laughs) Somebody somebody walks up. And they're blind. And Jesus makes them see. Hey. Hey. You can't do that on the Sabbath. (laughs) I I think I would have hoped that somebody fell in the floor and laughed. I really, what? (laughs) How how exposing is that? But I I still believe that we have the same issue. Uh, There there is another stage. It is called formal institutional, and and at this particular stage, people rely on religious institutions for their complete stability, and they cannot question it. It is a stage that people get, and it's like it doesn't matter. They tell me to stand on my head. I will stand on my head because that's my religion, you know, and and I'm telling you, just so you some of you are already saying before before you throw out all of these uh, judgments about all these other people, you got to look you before you can do that. You got to take the beam out of your own eye. All right. Before you can take the speck clearly out of somebody else's, the beam out of my own eye. Okay, being, okay. It's worship time, and somebody sings a new song. You say, well, "I can't sing with those new songs. I can't believe they're singing new songs at church." Anybody see what I'm saying? All right, because you got you got everything in a perfect box, right? And and I, you know, I, I have personal religious pet peeves. I think it comes from my life, from my childhood. I mean, it was like, did anybody ever read the Bible and the things that Jesus said? Because, you know, I keep seeing people jumping in the water in the Sea of Galilee. But when I grew up, if you went swimming and there was a woman in the pool, you were going to hell. Okay, I don't know if anybody, you guys don't even remember those days. Does anybody remember those days? It was just weird. And I don't want to bust on all of those people. But sometimes in the church, we also can get that cool religious spirit. You know, you got to have somebody that's got biceps and really cool clothes to come up here and give you the word of God in a cool way, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I miss my hair. I really do. But, but at the same time, I didn't lose Jesus when my hair fell out. And he knew when every one of them fell out because he all had them numbered, you know. You, you understand what I'm saying? We need to get rid, rid of some of our, you know, super cool. Come on, God can use who he chooses to use. If he spoke through a donkey. He can speak through somebody else. It's just the, the God that we serve. Jesus just keeps asking the question, though. Pharisees get gathered together in verse 41. Gathered together and Jesus asked them the question. Who do you, what do you think about the Christ? (laughs) You like that? What do you think about Matthew chapter 22 verse 41? Pharisees are gathered together. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And they said to him, the son of David. He said to them, how is it then that that David in the spirit calls him Lord? Saying the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? He's saying, Look, you're so stuck on him being his son that you didn't hear the rest of the prophetic message of King David. He said this He said, I'm going to call my son the Lord. I'm going to call him. So how can you keep calling him a son? You're looking for somebody that you can control. You're looking for somebody that you can contain. And I'm telling you that I am not the king that you can contain. I'm not going to slip into your little temple and just play your little religious hypocritical games. I'm telling you, Jesus never, and I've read a lot of the Bible, and I'm telling you, he never applauds a hypocritical religion. Know him. Serve him because you know him. And know who he is? Okay. All right. I'm 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 done preaching. Somebody come and play piano or keyboard or whatever we're supposed to do religiously right now. Come in. All right. And, and everybody stand up. Come on, everybody stand. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Okay. And then sit down. Sit back down. Sit back down. Okay. Now stand back up again. All right. All right. Do the hokey pokey. Turn yourself. No, don't. Right. Just stand with me. I, I'm I'm not playing. And we're gonna pray, and uh, minister to people. Okay. Here's here's the deal. I don't hear everybody yawning. It's like, praise God. Let's get some coffee, you know. Hey, the word is good and fresh today. Somebody praise God for the word with me. The word of God is rich and deep. Listen, then there's this fourth group. It's called the disciples, the true disciples of Jesus. The true disciples of Jesus. Uh, Going back to Matthew 16, who do you say that I am? Let's, Let's just go ahead and deal with this. Who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say he is? He is the what? The Christ, the Son of the Living God. Who do you say Jesus is? He is what? Christ Christ the Son. Of the living God. Do you hear that? Do you hear yourself talking like that? That'll change everything. That'll change everything. Who is Jesus? He is the Christ, the Son. And he says this He says this I tell you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church in the gates of hell. Will not prevail against it. Okay? Alright, I tell you, you're robbing. And upon this rock I'll build my church in the gates of heaven. You see that? You see what I'm saying? Karen? Upon this rock. Jesus, Son of God. Christ, the Son of the Living. Upon this rock, I'll build the church. I'll build the church. Did you get that shale upon this rock? Amen. Got it? Savage up? You got that? understand? Upon this rock, Silo, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Do you hear that? Now hear me. True disciples of Christ understood this. You ready? It ain't all about you. I want to build something on you. I want Christ to come alive inside of you and I want you to take up your cross Jesus said and follow me now get this get this get this Jesus comes into Jerusalem like a cannonball that's a song isn't it anyway a cannonball boom I don't know everybody gets wet everybody gets messed up everybody has to deal with it get this everybody is going to have to contend with who Jesus is and have to answer the question everybody will now hear, hear me hear me hear me When are you going to get on your donkey and ride into your community? Are you comfortable being a part of the crowd that says, well, yeah, I went to church and I believe in Jesus. No. Who do you say that Jesus is? Because when you say that Jesus is who Jesus is, it will erupt in your circle. You will cannonball at your place of employment, at your school. Come on. At, at the family gatherings. And they'll say, oh, no. Here comes Shayla. And she... Come on. You know if she shows up, it's like everybody going to be talking about Jesus. You see that? And, you, and, and you're afraid that people will persecute you in ways. Come on. And you say... I'm just going to take up my cross. And and I understand, you don't have to be like some sanctimonious. I'm not asking you to put, you know, like, you know, phylacteries on your head and stuff. I'm not asking you to come in like this. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you should not be ashamed of who your king is. And if they know you, they know you're a part of the kingdom. Look, I'll I'll just test the waters here my goal for Easter this year is not just to have the world's greatest crowd. okay? I'd like to have the place packed out. I think we will, all right? But I often wonder why people who are followers of Jesus, the Son of God, have such a problem asking others to join them in a house of worship on what is considered the most holy of our days. Because sometimes wonder. I'm not trying to put guilt or shame on anybody. I'm just asking you, who do you say that the Son of Man? Who do you believe that Jesus is? Because if He is who you say He is, who He says He is, it will change everything. Your relationships, your marriage, the way you raise your children, when you go to work, your relationships, the people who know you, it's going to be awfully hard for you to say who you are without telling somebody about Jesus. If you know me, look, if you know me, if you're, I'm not bragging on me, but if you are the person that checks me out at the grocery store, if it happens and we got time, I'm gonna say something that points to Jesus. If it's blessing, if it's God is good, I want to get the look one way or another. The lady McDonald's, I say she always says blessings to you. I have blessings right back. I don't know if you hear that one day. I told that story about the one guy who I called him Goth Boy. Yeah. He knows where our church is now. <laughs> I've invited him. You know? <laughs> Don't you call him Goth Boy when he walks in. I'll be upset. You. you understand what I'm telling you, what I'm teaching? You? So I want you to come to me and stand here if this is the truth. You need to make a commitment to this declaration Jesus Christ is your king perhaps you have been worshipping other kings you know one knee toward Jesus and one knee to the God of this world anybody know what I'm saying kind of stuck between two opinions and it's been a struggle today would be a good day and you say why would I do this in front of everybody and my question is why wouldn't you why wouldn't you if there is a struggle in your life in your home I'm not trying to Make you walk into a position of guilt. I'm trying to get you to walk into a statement of victory. Until everybody, let's start at the church. If you can't do it at church, where else are you going to do it? If you're struggling in your faith with the Lord Jesus, everybody, bow your head. Everybody, bow your head. Come, Holy Spirit, arrest our attention. In Jesus' name. Just stay bowed. Stay bowed. Stay bowed before the Lord for a moment. There are those of you that know exactly what I'm saying, and it may apply to you. Wave at me right now. Let me help you wave at me and say, I need to get I need to get right with the king wave at me, wave at me so I know where you are, I just need to get things right with me and the king, if it's two or three or four whatever it might be, and I want you to come and just come and stand with me, just me and y'all, okay, just come leave your seats and come and stand with me, me and y'all, alright thank you, thank you let's celebrate us people come on, come on, come on, don't be ashamed don't be afraid just wave your hands before the Lord come on there's others that would love to come we're not going to knock you down or make you do weird stuff we're just making a confession some of my prayer team just come and stand this together let's say it together come on come on down, guys come on i need all my prayer workers living waters team members uh given's family come on. <laughs> whoever he'll come and help me come on whoever come and help me people jesus. let's all do this together i declare let's say it i declare that jesus is my king say it jesus is my king i bow before him All that I am, everything that I have, belongs to Him. I surrender my heart, I surrender my life, everything to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus, keep working, Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and I surrender my life fully to Him. Stay there in that moment. Some of you are in wounds, some of you are in some brokenness. And I'm asking you just to surrender the the wounds, the brokenness, surrendering all of that to Him. Some of you are having a hard time believing in Jesus because bad things have happened. That bad things happen does not mean that Jesus is not in control. Jesus is sovereign even when you're going through difficulty. He is not a king, He is the sovereign king. He doesn't have to ask us permission for anything. But this is the word of God from, from, from David, and that is this. Even if you walk through a valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to be afraid because he is with you, and his rod and his staff will comfort you. He'll protect you. Are you ready? I want you to lay your hands on one another. Grab somebody by the hand. Now, after you've prayed, I'm going to let you be dismissed. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you and give you peace. You are blessed. But before you leave... I want you to pray with somebody nearby you and before you leave the doors before you walk out the door confess to somebody else with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and your King let's pray let's pray with these